0: The world of marketing is ever-changing and can be confusing, frustrating, and outright exhausting. Welcome to Unbottling, The marketing podcast where experts share their experiences, stories, and best practices on online and internet marketing. Featuring Steve Wiedemann, former marketer for Disney, Skechers, and other well-known brands. Break through the hype with real marketing tips from industry leaders. This is Unbottling.
1: Everyone, this is Steve Wiedemann with UnBottleneck, the podcast that takes you through common problems that marketers have. Digital marketers are challenged with trying to get the most traffic to their website, and our job is to help give you ideas, tips, strategies from the experts in the industry. With me today is Brian Wallace, who is absolutely incredible at digital marketing and works for a group called Now Sourcing. And Now Sourcing helps make the world's uh, World's ideas simple, visual, and influential. He uh, he helped a basketball player get a sixty-four million dollar contract, million dollar contract, and he became the sixth highest paid player in the NBA and we'll share a link to that story later and we definitely have to talk about that now sourcing has been ranked by ratings agencies as one of the top five content marketing agencies in the world out of 15,000 plus agencies with clients that range from Adobe to Twitter Twitter what's Twitter right who doesn't use that <laughs> so Brian thanks so much for joining us today and i um, excited to talk to you about uh, some pretty exciting topics I definitely I definitely want to talk about Clubhouse today because you've you've been writing about that recently and I've got a, a million questions for you. And uh, we definitely want to talk about the role of, of design and, and multimedia in digital marketing and how you incorporate that and how it might benefit other parts of marketing like SEO. So welcome to the show.
0: Absolutely, Steve. You're kidding me. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Always a pleasure. <laughs> it's just like catching up over some coffee and everybody else is tuning on in. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Well, let's let's jump in. Let's First, I want to hear about this story about the, the basketball player. Can you tell us sure a bit more about that?
0: Yeah, sure can. So it's such a weird thing. Like a, a lot of marketers, when you ask them, it's like, what have you done for a living? And they're like, well, I got some clout and I got a couple of people to like things on Facebook and did some ads and things came up in SEO and all that kind of stuff. Most people don't say something like, well, we got a basketball player contract. So as I try to help explain it for people... For those of you, I'm sure most of your listeners out there, at some point, have either read the book or watched the movie starring Brad Pitt. And, of course, I'm talking about Moneyball, which is all about sports analytics, sabermetrics, and all of that. So not to kill the entire plot of the movie for you, but it's like this. Baseball used to just be a dinosaur, and baseball scouts, for 150 years, looked at a player, and if they held the bat weird, or if they pitched the ball weird, or if they were too old or too fat, they were outcasts and they were terrible, right? But the players that looked the part that weren't necessarily good got the ticket in. So people were making bad decisions because they were subjective to the look and the appearance as opposed to being objective to what they should have been looking at, which was the stats, capabilities. Right. So when people started to break it down to its component parts, they're like, all right, to win the whole thing, AKA the World Series, we have to go win games. To win games, we have to win a number of runs, people rounding the bases and getting to home plate and not give up as many runs. So when they actually thought about it, they brought it down basically to like a single stat of on-base percentage. I don't want to get all like weird, geeky baseball related, but you had teams that were terrible, started to win everything. You even had the Boston Red Sox who hadn't won for decades and decades as long as you and I have been alive and then some started winning the World Series. And then everybody started having a data science department. So why am I talking about baseball? Because baseball was the first, and it was the exemplar to trickle into the other sports, one of which was basketball. Basketball was a little slower to adopt. And I think sometimes basketball is a lot more, if you think about just playing basketball, the term one-on-one comes out, right? So baseball, I think, is usually thought about more as a team effort as opposed to basketball which is kind of not true because there's a netflix special now talking all about the bulls and they changed the game by thinking about the team effort but once upon a time the agent for this particular sports player said hey can you go get him a contract and we're like i i don't know i mean we can try right and lo and behold we were able to tell the story that there was a great paradigm shift Coming to basketball, much as there was to baseball, we broke it down into the stats and the numbers, and we told, we weaved in the story of the emotion and the heart and what a team player he was. Yeah. And he was only 22 and a half at the time, and very underplayed, very unknown, not getting his fair share of clock time and all of that. But then, because we told the story so well and simplified it and made it visual, and got influence. Now, influences, by the way, is a bad word in a lot of circles. A lot of people yes. hear the word influencer, but that right. doesn't mean to get stranded on a desert island with half a cheese sandwich. The word not is not influencer. The word is influential. Influential okay. is good people with talent helping other good people achieve things that are great. So in this case, our talents combined with the athletic talents of the player, we were able to make it happen. So we took that idea... We visualized it. We got it all over the place in the media. And then people started talking about it in all sorts of sports threads. And then sportscasters started talking about it. And major media was covering it. And by the time the trade deadline, which if you don't follow sports, that means this is the moment where you have to decide, are you going to keep the player? Are you going to trade the player? Are you going to sign the contract? He was able to get his first huge contract of $64 million. And then later on, he parlayed that into a $180 million contract. And now I believe he's the sixth highest paid player ever in like all the NBA. So it's kind of crazy.
1: That's unbelievable. Like a sixty-four million dollar contract just just by doing content marketing, you know? Yep.
0: you so heard of the sixty four million dollar question, show. right? So here it is. <laughs>
1: that's that's unbelievable. And that I'm sure I'm sure he appreciated it. I'm sure you got some some sort of autographs or kudos or something for such a incredible, you know, success.
0: His dad likes me a lot.
1: <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into some questions. We put some questions together about what we thought would be really interesting to those people who are listening. Uh, first question is, uh, you know, and, and some of the things that, that you've written, uh, mm-hmm. one of them is, is this idea of the value proposition. In fact, it's on your website. Could you, um, could you walk listeners through your take on how uh, businesses describe what they do in terms of value proposition?
0: Yeah. So I have a fundamental belief that most people don't know how to describe themselves. Part of it is they don't know how to simplify it. Part of it is maybe they don't like talking about themselves, but there's a difference between ego, which is kind of rooted in evil, and clarity. If nobody knows what you do, it's not beating your chest. Like what you're talking about me and our accomplishments, this isn't me bragging. Like Will Rogers says, if you've done it, it's not bragging, right? So I think rather than over-explain things, like you're an SEO, Steve, right? So, I think if you bore people to tears with SEO acronyms, like you're going to start in on a conversation about EAT and core this <laughs> and that. And it's like, what are you talking? Are you speaking English anymore? What is going on here? Right. You so, like people have a habit. Uh-huh. People have a habit of talking over people in a way that is not received. Right. So, people don't bother to put in the work to entertain and educate people or edutain people right? You see all these smart marketers out there on the internet. One of the stats that you hear a lot is people have the attention span of a goldfish, eight seconds. (laughs) I don't know if that's insulting to people or goldfish or both, but I think it's insulting to people. People aren't stupid. People just have a better crap filter because of their brains and their technology than I think a lot of marketers give them credit for. So rather than insulting people and treating them like sheep, what if you gave them hope and value Mm -hmm. and entertainment? Think about it. The same person who's not going to click on whoever's ad and stupid copy that's terrible or brain tone deaf, brain dead in the middle of just stupid words. Think about it. So people are clicking off of whatever ad, whatever content, but the same person with the same brain is going to watch, let's say, three, four hours straight of Cobra Kai. Right. Right. Or whatever show you like. Yeah, we, so, we did
1: the whole season in a weekend, I think so.
0: Yeah, of course you did. Who didn't, right? It's, it's incredible and it's addictive, just like Clubhouse, which we'll get into in a second. So I think that it's not, it isn't that people are dumb or people don't have time. Like a lot of people, they're always like, oh, it has to be a 60 second video. It has to be, everything has to be now and do it quick and all that, not to snap in your ear. But you get what I'm saying. I think it's just absurd. It's all about getting the permission because rather than going stats first, rather than going expert explanation first, simplicity is the currency to get and permission for a longer interval with whoever right. you're trying to get audience with.
1: That's interesting. You know, we, we try to do something similar with some of our brands we'd work with on the SEO side of things. Sure. Uh, we wanted to we wanted to rank for casual shoes, but what what was it that the person searching for casual shoes really wanted? Right? Were they Were they looking specifically just for a word to show up in a in a title tag that said casual shoes, uh, or were they looking for comfortable shoes, comfortable shoes for work and walking? And we'd we'd try to understand what what the the fundamental need was of the person who was performing the search, and we'd modify our titles and descriptions that would appear to try to um, to try to solve their problem, to try to actually provide the benefit less than just the search term. Um, because we felt that was that was addressing what the real needs were, the intent uh, of the user. And I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of businesses uh, do a, a good job of making themselves look great, but when a customer tries to interpret who they are and, and what they're doing, um, they might get the wrong impression. The first impression might be too big, too expensive, don't want to touch them. Right? right? instead of it being, wow, these guys look really professional and they know exactly what I need. Right? Mm-hmm. I can just tell they care about what it is I was actually looking for. Yeah, I wanted I'll go even one step deeper. Yeah, I wanted, um, you know, comfortable shoes, uh, but I didn't realize that I'd have less pain when I did that um, until somebody actually read it back to me somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. like, like uh, less pain and uh, walk lighter or whatever. And so it's 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 interesting when you think about that whole idea of, you know, not just Not just talking industry but talking uh specifically to the need of the user so uh, you're right a lot of brands really don't do a good job of doing that and we speak our own language sometimes too at disney you know we we sold passports but people search for tickets right so uh yeah it's kind of a different world
0: yeah i think Um, a lot of digital a lot of seo it's a limited view of understanding of the world and their intent so i'm not here to knock seos or google or whatever but it's like It's good to know historically what people have wanted and what they presently want, but Google is not precognitive. It doesn't necessarily know the context and it doesn't know what people are going to want next. So what you said is very telling. So it's nice to rank for a keyword or a key phrase, but what is it about that key phrase in context with their life and understanding with how they want to interact with things? right? Exactly how do you it. rank for something that's a brand new industry that doesn't even exist? What if we? Were that by... I've
1: actually turned down clients simply because I was like, "There's there's no demand for this. There's no keyword yet. There might be, you know, in a few years, but you're so way ahead of what people are even thinking yet with this thing you created that there's just no volume for it right now. And we could do it, but you're just not going to get traffic. You're better doing more social ads and paid ads and things like that. You know.
0: But I I don't know about that answer, right? So how can you? Do ads if you don't know what words are with it. So it I would think be
1: display like and audience types. It'd be you know more, uh, yeah, display, ads. search, yeah, you're right, search, search ads and and organic search. Unless you have keywords, there's yeah, it's no mean, flying can, blind Yeah, right. you can do you can do more like uh, affinity targeting and some things to try to see if you can introduce mm-hmm. yourself to a new audience. But if somebody's searching for product X and you're showing them product Z, um you know they don't have an immediate interest in it. If they do click that search result, it's going to be right impulse more than anything. So I think the visuals and the, you know, the in markets, um, uh, affinity and and related audiences would probably be the best way to go if you were to do that. Um, And speaking of of those, you know, banners and and display ads, one of our Mm -hmm. questions actually had to do with, um, you know, basically, what how do you see uh, as the current evolving role of graphic design in general and multimedia in digital marketing, public relations, and, um, you know, all all forms of inbound marketing?
0: Yeah. So I think as much as I was just talking about how things are the past and let's look at the future, instead of looking at the future, let's look at the past. There's a a great book called Be Like Amazon, Even a Lemonade Stand Can Do It. And they talk all sorts of different things about Bezos and Amazon and all sorts of interesting strategy. Something that they talk about in the book that I find fascinating that I think about a lot. Somebody is asking Jeff Bezos a question that they're talking about in the book. And it says, I don't really understand why everybody asks me what's going to happen in the next 10 years. A question that I'm not asked a lot of times, but I should be asked is what's going to stay the same over the next 10 years. And when you figure out what that is, then you can grow all sorts of things incredibly. So he says, I can't imagine a moment where people are going to be like, I don't want fast free delivery or a huge amount of selection or low prices. So by focusing on the things that matter and warehousing and shipping and I'm sure you see the airplanes and the trucks everywhere you go. like Amazon's just yes. running everything on the street and everything in the air. on the way yeah, yeah. and drones and it's it's a whole new world. So I think that to answer this question of what's coming next, let's look at the unfortunate reality of what the web actually is. Mm-hmm. so, As much as we're all looking about the bleeding edge, augmented reality, cool, amazing thing and drones and 5G and every wearable and it's going to interface, you know, Elon Musk is going to have it like interfacing with our brain and don't worry, everything will be fine. (laughs) The internet sucks. The internet is not that sophisticated. So if we go back a generation or two in time at the dawn of like the whole dot com boom in 1999, when I was just a spring chicken just coming out of college a few years in already in already in the digital space. Mm -hmm. I remember that whole world fell over. Why? Back then 7% of the United States had broadband internet, seven Mm -hmm. single digit. And what are we talking about? Broadband? You probably wouldn't even be able to stream Netflix. We also did not have smartphones, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't have GPS on our phones. So we couldn't build anything we couldn't have built uber back then we couldn't have built netflix back then we wouldn't have gps data we wouldn't have all these different technologies so people have to understand the limitations of web servers and bandwidth and all of this is why because a lot of people it's like really you're still making infographics in the year 2021 and i say do you understand that there are websites that you can barely even display images that run some of the most powerful websites in the world. So a lot of stuff on the internet, sadly, is held together with bubblegum and scotch tape. So we have to work with what works before we go crazy and think ahead into everything. That being said, um, about what you're saying about digital marketing, public relations, and SEO, I feel that... We just turned 14 as an organization back in August, whatever month it is now, you know, coronavirus. So it's yes. August Blurs 20th. Day. It's Blur's yeah. Day, right? Yeah, Blurs day. thank you. I call it Sunday. People are like, Sunday? No, Sunday. That's what I mean. So yeah, yeah, that's funny that we both have our words for it. So I used to tell people that we kind of sit on the fence and the crosshairs of public relations and SEO. And mm-hmm. up to a few weeks ago, I just said, I can't talk like this anymore because it doesn't make sense. Because... I like things that have to do with PR and I like things about SEO, but I'm kind of not either one of them. I'm my own weird thing. So let me explain. The media has a very interesting problem right now. Everybody's at home and all the page views are going skyrocketing. For those of you who are not watching video, that's me making a line graph going up with my hand. And a lot of their advertising revenue is going down because there's companies that are out of business or waiting and they don't really know and all that. So what do you do when you're growing like crazy and your money's going down? You cut the fat, right? Except you cut the bone. So they throw out a lot of their writers and all of that kind of stuff. So rather than saying that I'm sort of this weird PR, SEO, blah, 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 rather than overcomplicate your brain, basically like I am the media right now. So sometimes the media is like, what you have is awesome and we don't have time to do it. And yeah, here you go. Go have a news column. Mm -hmm. So I think that interjecting, that sounds like a threatening word, but being helpful to the media and the readers and the clientele is a, a special place of magic that is having a moment like I've never seen in the past. Right. So harnessing the power of what's worked into today and should continue to work along with some of the trends of what's happening in our modern world.
1: And and images are, are part of that. I, I remember when we first met, it, it seems like it was – Probably six years ago now, but mm-hmm. you um you designed this unbelievably incredible infographic for I think it was the the New York um, city page for Sparefoot. I think it was Barefoot and um yeah. and what was what was magical about watching I started to reverse engineer a little bit about what you were doing and I saw this this amazing infographic you'd you'd beaten the top brands for self storage in New York you just you crushed them with one single page. And, and I remember talking to you and you're like, no, I'm, I'm not an SEO, but I looked, I looked at what you had done and you, one, you'd, you created this amazing image that was so helpful to users when they got to the page. You basically, by, by doing this on this page that was supposed to be more of a lower funnel sales type page, right. turned it into both an upper funnel page and a lower funnel page. And it attracted links on its own. But then you were like, you were like the big bang. You, as soon as this thing went live, every single freaking place that you had a connection to uh, knew about this page and were sharing it. Hey, guys, I did this. Uh, we just did this really cool infographic. What do you think? And then I went to another group and you were saying the same thing in a different way to a different audience. And um, and some of those groups that we we're you know, jointly connected to, you were all over them and engaging with the people. But instead of just saying, hey, check out this page, you were, you were sending messages that were, hey, I'm part of this group and I need your help. Please take a look at this, not just um, okay. Hey, look at this and link to it. It was it was this this magical thing that you did that just blew up everywhere that that um, that I could see. And you probably I probably only saw about five percent of where you actually communicated. Um, and in doing that, within within a few months, that page had, had attracted a ton of links of its own. It, it ranked in the top of the search results. But you really didn't have to go out and say link to this page. You didn't have to to do anything magical to the page to uh, with keywords. Uh, really, to get it to rank, it just it just organically did because right. you you were so good at spreading the message and creating something that didn't even exist online. That was
0: amazing. Well, thank you. I, yeah, <laughs> I almost forgot about that trip down memory lane. Thank you for that. So <laughs> l- let's look at it like this. So I wield a special weapon on the internet. So if you imagine that I'm holding a sword or a lightsaber or whatever your weapon of choice is, so the PR person would go into battle with their weapon, and their weapon would be five paragraphs about stuff to a media list of 1,000 people that they don't know very well. And how would you like to interview the, the the CEO? And then they would get denied by a lot of it. Now, I don't mean to pick on the PR industry, but I'm just saying, like, let's just go through the journey of that. The SEO people would say, let's make a, a highly complex keyword laid in, we're going to check all the boxes and we're going to look for link opportunities and run it through a bunch of things. And somebody broke a link. Hey, I'm just trying to be your friend. Da, da, da. Oh, look, this thing's five years out of date. Right. So that might work sometimes. Like thing yeah. Right. Yeah. Link to me instead. I'm just being your helpful friend. Clearly not an SEO at all. And again, I love both sides of the fence, but I like to play a game called influence. So if, mm-hmm. again, if you run through what I'm saying, simple, visual, and influential, so somebody who's an expert in the field loves it because it's a great way of looking at it. Somebody who's not an expert in the field is like, wow, I can totally understand X, Y, Z, 1, Visual, it's probably going to be one of the best looking things that they're looking at all day. And that is a little bit of a mind trick because yeah. most people, they're going to fly through whatever content you're going to send them. So if it looks great, not only are they going to stop, but they're actually going to read. So the visual, which you think is a trick to not get people to read, is a trick to just get them to read. But it's also not a trick. It's just helpful. And then is the influential. So I've made a lot of friends through my 25-plus years on the internet and almost 15 years running this business. So people like me because they know that I'm good and I provide all sorts of value. If they never hire me, I have a lot of- There's
1: no reason brands can't do the same, too, and that brands can build influence by- creating those direct relationships
0: correct everyone should be the media everybody has wisdom to share and everyone is a universe everybody has a lot of powerful circles around them it's just that we are not cognizant of that power around us right
1: that's amazing well Next question for you, and that was, by the way, is amazing. And I, I've I've got a lot more stories we can tell about how impactful oh, yeah. unique Thank images you. are for sure. We could probably do a whole topic just on on images, but let's um, let's cover definition basics. You know, from the industry, you know what's what's your take on this popular question? And I know there's an SEO angle on it too. But um, what is an infographic? In, in your opinion, I mean, lots of people you know think, oh, infographics this big, long, huge image that's four megabytes that's going to take my page forever to load. In um, your view and in, in kind of just completely owning that industry, what, what is an infographic?
0: So everybody, again, starts at the middle and they don't understand why their projects fail. So right. as you said in my little bio intro, I, we said that I, I, we 64 now- $64 million dollar
1: intro, Brian.
0: Gonna- right, before, right. Before the 64 million, we said <laughs> some powerful words that were all together we make ideas simple visual and influential so most people skip the idea stage they listen to their client Mm -hmm. as a salesy spammy message in mind and then you're starting with something that sucks and then you're making the the bad idea simple visual and influential here's what happens when you empower bad ideas you make them shinier but they don't reach the same level the Mm -hmm. thing that people fail the most And it's not necessarily keyword research. It's more interestingness level. So take a piece that we did that helped a a place get acquired by GoDaddy. And it was all about how Amazon makes its money. Now, we could have started in the middle of the conversation and talked about third-party sellers. The problem with that is it's not very interesting to most of the world. But how Amazon makes money, unless Amazon goes out of business, is going to be in style and cool. And I could mm-hmm. share that like it just came out yesterday instead of a few years ago forever, right? Because it's such an interesting thing. I can't wait to hear what happens next. We did that a similar thing like that for WordStream back when Larry Kim was running it before he sold it to Gannett. all about how Google makes their money. Not here's a keyword tool, blah, blah, blah. No. Invert that funnel. Why would you start by selling? Who are you going to win over with that? So right. people have... Bad ideas, uninformed ideas, safe ideas, incremental ideas, too salesy. Otherwise, it's just going to look like an advertisement. So I think that is the biggest thing. You mentioned size. I don't understand why a file has to be four megabytes. Learn how to do better optimization. So sometimes that can be achieved. And this isn't a whole design class, but sometimes that can be achieved through a JPEG file. Sometimes that can be through a PNG file. And there are also more advanced photo files that have been innovated over the last decade or so, such as the WebP and the HEIC files. Right. Also, you can break it up.
1: So- in fact, yeah, search yeah. engines recommend using the new file formats too, so it makes it makes a lot of sense to do that. The problem is I think a lot of businesses um, have their, their nephews, their cousins, or the same right. person who's been doing web exactly. development for 10 years who's not uh, as savvy with some of the newer technologies because they're set in their ways on how they do Web design and, and graphics and and I know I know for a fact whenever I bring up the term infographic and SEO uh, a lot of peers will will cringe. Oh, Matt Cutts years ago said infographics aren't a great way to get links because all the links have the same patterns and it's not a. But at the same time, it's the one thing we look at more than anything. And I don't I don't read blog posts as much anymore uh, because I just don't have the time or the the energy and it's just text after text after text and paragraphs. I see an image and like you said, I, I immediately resonate with it.
0: If you mm. wanna quote Google, what's Google's <laughs> basic guideline for content? Make stuff that people like. Yeah, helpful. So like if we're, yeah, I mean, I think Matt Kotz was basically saying bad infographics are bad, but you know what else? Inf- as infographics as a link
1: building as- technique is bad. Infographics to provide great content that attract links is great.
0: Exactly, it's just a vehicle like anything else. So to damn it as a medium is just silly. Yes, right.
1: Awesome, I love it. Well, let's let's, run to the next question because i i I love infographics i'll i'll have a billion more questions um so yeah this this is kind of a tough one with infographics you mentioned file sizes and file types um special considerations uh for infographics such as um how they're presented on mobile devices is there is there a a difference um in how um on how users respond to infographics if they're on mobile i mean do they have to pinch and zoom in or are there ways to to kind of work around that
0: Sure. So I think pinch and zoom is great. And I think just the way that a person naturally scrolls is great because if you're doing a video, they're going to scroll past your video, but if they're scrolling while you're doing an infographic, they're actually scrolling into your message. So that's one thing to think about also. And then I think let's go to the next question. There is a size limitation to my knowledge. I don't remember off the top of my head what it is, but I'm pretty sure on, uh, on iPhone and Safari, there's actually a size height limitation so be careful not to go too high, or your graphic might not de- be displayed. So just always have size considerations. Interesting. Interesting. I never knew
1: that. Yep. Um, what what kind of software is involved? You know, and when your team's putting together uh, information and, and production, what 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 type of um, what type of software has been helpful in, in helping you guys and your team to you know produce some of these amazing pieces of content?
0: Sure. So sometimes people are like, so you're a software platform. It's like, no, no, it's not template generated software. So we exclusively use the Adobe suite and it depends on the nature of the projects. More often than not, it's Illustrator, which is incredibly powerful. A lot of people automatically think it's Photoshop, but Photoshop is usually a little bit more about photo manipulation. So we're pretty much an Illustrator only house.
1: Yeah. I always, I always think about Photoshop is photo shop, right? That's, no, that's the
0: way but yeah. you can actually do a lot of that in illustrator, but sometimes that comes down to designers specific preferences, but it, if you ask me illustrator is the way to go all the way.
1: Yep. That's outstanding. Um, you and I talked about uh, a productivity thing that you've been trying to put into words, uh, tell everyone your, your theory about the, the chaos list.
0: Yes. So this is something that I am writing all of these notes furiously and I kind of have an idea for a long form piece about it. But to my knowledge, this is the first time I've publicly talked about it aside from just a couple of these in the background. So I think that the world suffers from a lack of focus on the correct thing. It's not that they're not focused. It's that they're focused on the wrong stuff. So what I mean is like this. So a lot of people will automatically assume that they should outsource everything and then just, you know, focus on their zone of genius is what a lot of people would say, like the stuff that only you are good at. But the problem with this is what you should have done before you give it to other people is cut 80% of the crap that nobody cares about. So Mm -hmm. I've been like declaring war on all sorts of internal processes and procedures right now. So I'm looking at every little step that we do in the, the customer journey and it's like, if the end user, if the customer, if the media isn't looking at this, why are we doing all this duplicate work? Why, like, What is the point of just hiring a bunch of people yeah. to just put band-aids on a dam? It doesn't make any damn sense. Get it? Like, like content for the
1: sake of content.
0: Yeah, like, we always eat logs a day. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the story of the the grandma with the um, the meatloaf? So no. Granddaughter is making meatloaf and she cuts okay. it off, both sides off, and puts it in the oven. And her mom's standing there and she's like, you know, mom, why do we even do this? And she's like, honestly, honey, I don't even know. Let's go call grandma. <laughs> ring ring calls the nursing home. Grandma, why do we cut off the ends for the meatloaf? And she's like, hey, you dummies, I had a small oven. So I think a lot of people just <laughs> inherit all of these clunky, stupid processes. And I think right. certain things can be automated, but more important than that, I think certain things can be obliterated. So right now I'm kind of on a whole war path where i am trying to simultaneously build better ways of doing things and also trying to conquer a bunch of stuff while the world is quiet. So i think there's a lot of moments throughout the day where we can do deep uninterrupted work, whether that's research and development, whether that's learning more about clubhouse, whether that's transformation internally in your process. So right now as a for instance, i've been really obsessed with Airtable to completely redesign the way we do things instead of have a bunch of clunky Google Docs that don't yeah. connect to each other and give you no insightful intel. Like, right. pick a direction, right? One can change the future. One, you're digging around in the dirt. Doesn't make any sense. So yeah. I feel, for me, I have been trying to get up earlier than ever to just kind of take on the morning. So I, I'm just like brain on fire lately where I I feel like I can't even sleep one more moment because I'm just so excited to make a big difference about it. And this is our year. COVID or That's not, funny. this or that, doesn't matter.
1: So I, I, see, I see some... Some pretty amazing infographics coming out of this too. As you, uh, as the world starts to come back together, and, and you've collected all of your your thoughts and tests and experiments, and um, d- definitely excited to see what you uh, what you publish. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be some amazing stuff in there for sure. Thank you. Yes. So this is the one I know everyone's been waiting for. And you all hate us because we're supposed to talk about Clubhouse a little bit today. And uh, I waited to, to the end to share this amazing, hopefully, um, updates on what we know about and what Brian has been doing. Uh, he wrote an article, actually a couple articles about this social media app called Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, can you give us a quick overview of the app and Basically, how it works, and maybe even a review of what your uh,
0: first public chat um, uh, last month went. Sure. So this is an app that is audio only, invite only, and iPhone only. Uh, caveat: it does work on iPad and certain i Ima- on uh, certain Macs. So yeah. I think why to do it is the most important thing for the few minutes we have left. Yeah. So I've been a social media practitioner for the last fifteen years. And I've seen all these stupid social media networks come and go, and they all work on the 80-20 rule or a pyramid, where you've got the top, the 1%, that are the creators. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the 99 bottom percent that consume. Maybe they copy, maybe they like, maybe they write a few comments, whatever, but they're not really the contributors. There's only a very small group of all of these platforms that are the stars that are making it happen by creating. With their creative intelligence and all their wisdom in that, okay? What Clubhouse has done that I've never seen in any other social app in the history of the social web is they somehow found a middle in that pyramid, meaning you can be a passive listener and just be listening to it in your car, almost like it's an interactive podcast, but just more like the podcast than the interactive Then you could be an active listener. Then you could raise your hand. Then you could get on the stage. Then you could talk in a room. Then you could run a room. Then you could be a moderator. Then you could have an entire club, which has a whole entity of rooms. I know I just went kind of fast, but you'll have some links to some of the things in there. But I think that is the reason why, and I'm looking at you, Steve, even if you're an Android user, talking about whatever phone holy wars is not the most important thing right now because it's having a moment. This is a company that went from like, 15,000 users on the platform to at least 2 million weekly listeners. How
1: does that that compare to TikTok? Because you were following that pretty heavily last year when we were talking about it too.
0: Yeah. So I never super got into TikTok, but I feel like TikTok, people don't like video. Some people like video, but we all have our moments where we're like, you know what? I don't really feel like having the camera on. I'm not all dressed up. My hair's not. Ninety-five
1: percent of my students in the classes I teach Brian, do not want to be on video. Yeah,
0: I, never, I
1: thought I thought it was the opposite. I thought everyone would want to be on video. No, not in the least.
0: Right. So this has beautiful access, and mm-hmm. I happen to have an interesting voice. So, like, this is my moment to shine. Like, I have the blonde supermodel look, a voice, <laughs> right? So, like, I, I know I'm like just a normal looking guy or whatever, but voice. Yeah vocal intonation is so much more important than a lot of overdoing it on all these other things. Who cares about your lighting and this and that? I'm not picking on you, Steve. I know you love video and all that. And I love video too, but there's moments when we don't. And this just creates such an interesting ecosystem that levels that playing field. That's why I would invite you all to be in there.
1: And, and it's probably safer to listen to in the car than to be on
0: uh, Zooms and webcasts while you're driving. <laughs> True. But I will tell you, it is insanely addictive. So pro tip, do yourself okay. a favor, fire up that um, screen time app on your phone, give yourself a daily limit and cut yourself off because wow, it does not stop.
1: That's amazing. So if you're in this app, and again, I haven't haven't I had a chance to really play with it. Um, it's basically a lot of, of folks who who join a particular group or, or club. Um, you use audio to have conversations. How do okay. how do they how do the people who are in this club stop, uh, not talk over each other if there's you know twenty thirty people all chiming into a conversation?
0: That's a good one. So there's a lot of etiquette on there. So okay. you look at the moderators, you look at the stage. I find uh, personally when I'm running rooms and clubs. I try to keep the stage at a maximum of 15 because okay. you run the risk of having way too much crosstalk. Also, when you're invited to the stage, a lot of people don't realize like you start off not on mute. So a good moderator is watching to make sure you mute the person and you should be going in the order. So a lot of times you will hear PTR in the app, which stands for pull to refresh, meaning okay. you're looking at the order. So the common etiquette is to go in the order of the room, moderators first and then the speakers. And a lot of times, sometimes... Imagine like stage diving, but literally onto the stage. So sometimes people are just going to be like, blah, 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 buy Bitcoin, pitch, blah, blah, blah. And like, that might be a good way to like tell them to get out. And also sometimes when people say their thing, have their question, have it answered, it's okay to move them back to the audience to just make sure that there's room for all. And also right now, at the time of this recording, uh, rooms cap out at 5,000 people.
1: Oh, my God, 5,000 people. And they do,
0: too. When Elon Musk was on, he completely destroyed that.
1: <laughs> he, he crashed the Internet, basically. Crashed the oh, internet.
0: yeah. It was out of control. <laughs> yes.
1: That's amazing. So everybody, everybody who's listening, if you have an iPhone, um, ask around, get an invite, check it out, kick the tires. It sounds like it could be the next big thing um i don't know that you have to skip TikTok entirely there's still a lot of audiences that do like video and and it is creative and it's still fun we haven't figured out how we want to use it you know with our brand yet but we know we need to have a presence there even if it's just sharing something once in a while Uh, but clubhouse is it's more interactive it gives you a, a a podium that you can use to um you know share and voice opinions and and um collaborate with other experts i think um I think we have a, a lot more we're going to learn from Clubhouse as it continues to expand and hopefully go to Android. If they're listening to this and and uh, you know being a little prejudiced against us, us Pixel users um, and PC users, uh, you know give us Android users a chance. We want into, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see kind of where it goes. And and for you, what's what's next for you on the horizon this year aside from continuing your your chaos list and um, you know sort of weathering the storm? What's what's on the agenda for uh, for Brian Wallace. Oh,
0: man, I, I think that chaos list is really a thing, but I feel like this is my year, as we're going to into our 15th year of business, of clarity. Last uh-huh. year in August, I really got very intentional. I've shown you our capabilities deck, so I've really been just focusing bit by bit just to really stand out at our key strengths as opposed to saying, oh, we're short of this, you know, we're short of this, and this and that, just not holding back and just... Right really leaning into that. And I feel like there's been a lot of clarity and refinement. And a lot of people have noticed, like a lot of people are like, wow, you're really showing up different this year. Wow, you're really taking it on and this and that. And I see you're over here. I think something, and I'll I'll leave you with this. I feel like a lot of us as marketers, we try a thing, right? We try SEO, we try Google ads, we try Facebook ads. And I feel like a lot of businesses get stuck doing one thing. And I think if we think of a diamond, A diamond sparkles because it has facets. I think when you focus on all of the internals and all the digital transformation, all the externals in the world, when you figure out how to put all those things together in alignment, that's when you sparkle and shine as opposed to let me just lose my mind on Clubhouse, right? Uh, That's part of why I have a, a time restriction on it because otherwise nothing would ever get done.
1: Makes total sense. Brian, this has been super incredible. Thank you so much for taking time today to hang out with us and to help other marketers understand a little bit more about what they could be doing with digital media, with graphics, uh, hopefully, encouraging them to try out Clubhouse. Um, and if, if someone wanted to work with you, what's the best way they could get a hold of you?
0: Sure. Just reach out to nowsourcing.com. And I spend a lot of my social time, obviously, on Clubhouse, but also LinkedIn. So find me out there at now Sourcing.
1: Awesome. Guys, it's been another episode of Unbottleneck. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.